Are you ready for high-speed motorsports talk about your local short track? You've come to the right place. Get ready to hear from some of the top stars of Seacock Speedway right here on the Race Day Rewind podcast series. We'll hear it all from pure excitement, the disappointment of coming so close, the frustrations of contact on the track, and the thrill of winning a race or a championship. The Seacock Speedway podcast series is a production of Sousa Media. Now let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Seacock Speedway Race Day Rewind podcast series and welcome back to the show for the first time in 2022 post-race a race day rewind recap as we look back at all the action that took place on NASCAR opening day Sunday May 1st doesn't it feel so great to be back for the 2022 season we had great weather perfect picture perfect day for racing 60 something degrees sunny skies in May can't ask for much more and it was a great start to the season for our NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series. Across all four divisions, we had four different winners. A first-time winner mixed in there in one of the divisions. And then a couple of former champions mixed in as feature winners in some of the divisions. And in one, Captain Fun has a fun start to his season. We're going to recap it all right here on the Race Day Rewind podcast series, as we will all season long. If you're unfamiliar with the podcast series, welcome. If you're listening for the first time, my name is Kyle Souza. Thanks for joining us. If you're back, well, welcome back to the podcast series. Excited to have you on for the 2022 season. Our Race Day Rewind podcast series, again, if you're unfamiliar, basically what we do, we'll talk about all the racing that took place over the past week at the Action Track of the East. Of course, this week, we've only got one set of racing. We're not into Fast Friday yet. That will be coming at the end of the month of May, but we're going to talk about NASCAR Opening Day and the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series Sunday, May 1st, again, great weather and some great racing on the track to kick off our 76th full-time season of competition at Seekonk Speedway. We're going to start off with the Chaz Auto Body Sport Trucks and a great start to the season for them, really a green to checker race. Not much carnage going on out there in the track, and that's a fantastic way to start the season without damage to these sport trucks. And in the end, in this race, a little bit of heartbreak, really, is the story of the sport truck feature. You have the heartbreak of one and the glory of another getting back to Victory Lane are the two storylines that you take away from the Chaz Auto Body Sport Trucks in their opening 25-lap feature of the season. Mike Cavallaro started things off with a victory. Uh, former multiple-time champion of this division, really looking to get back to prime form this year. Brand new truck for him last year in the middle of 2021. He comes out swinging to start 2022 and a very impressive start. Uh, for the driver of the number 80, of course, Mike's known the last couple of years to have kind of a crazy paint scheme. He does again in 2022. And if you're not familiar with it, you can check it out at seaconkspeedway.smugmug.com. That is our official photo site from Pit Row Photos. Uh, and check it out on our Facebook page, too. Mike obviously picking up the win. He's been all over the Facebook this week after capturing the checkered flag to open 2022. Cavalero takes down the win. Brittany Campbell had a great run to open her season. Listen, they struggled in practice. They struggled the day before. Uh, they struggled the, the opening day. She really seemed to pick it up on the feature event, finishing second in the number eight. Mike Duart was third, brand new truck for him this year. A strong run. Radical Rick Martin was fourth in his brand new truck. And defending champion Barry Shaw rounded out the top five in the sport trucks. Now, in the sport truck division... An impressive start to the year for those five. Daryl Church was sixth, Ethan Heilborn seventh, Rick Albernez eighth, ninth was Tom Scully the third in his debut, and Lenny Guy rounding out the top ten. I mentioned the heartbreak at the beginning. There's really heartbreak for two drivers. 
These two were running inside the top five in the final three or four laps and did not finish there. First, Amy Arsenal. Amy got out front quick, right from the drop of the green, and she pretty much had the race won. I mean, she was the dominant factor in the most moving number nine, leading the charge. Looked like she's heading to Everett's Auto Parts victory lane. And then heartbreak. Drivetrain failure. Believe it was the drive shaft blew out of that car, some debris all over the track. She couldn't finish and she had to give up the lead coming down. I believe she was coming down for the white flag, maybe coming down for the two to go. It was right there at the end. And uh, unfortunately for her, that sidelined her from the finish. She was not able to pick up the win. And it looked like, a, again, a, a sure victory. It looked like doesn't come true for Amy Arsenal on opening day. So a little bit of heartbreak there. She ends up 13th. Truck is fast. She's going to get one here probably in the next couple weeks if she can have the speed uh, that she had over the course of that 25-lap opening day feature. Jake Venata also had some misfortune. Of course, we talked to him on the podcast as part of the Sport Truck Season Preview. And, uh, man, he had some heartbreak, too. A suspension failure after a little bit of contact there at the end inside the top five. He finishes back in the 15th position. So those two going to be two to watch when we get back on the track to see if they can rebound. But it's Mike Cavallaro. Picking up the opening day Chaz Auto Body Sport Truck win. Congrats to him. And uh, looking forward to seeing what that division can bring us over the next couple of months. Now, Helger South Coast Power Equipment Sportsman also kicked off their season along with the late model division in the Pro Stocks. We are going to take a quick break. We will be right back on the Race Day Rewind Podcast Report. All right, welcome back for the break. Quick caution flag in the opening edition of the Race Day Rewind for 2022 here at Seacock Speedway. Thanks for sticking with us. We've got three more divisions. We're going to recap as what happened on their opening day 2022. A very, very exciting start to the new season at Seacock Speedway. We are thrilled to have fans back at full capacity again this year. Of course, with the way COVID shook out, we were able to get fans back in 2021. And uh, feels so great to start off the season of the right foot in 2022. We're looking forward to a great year with a ton of events across the whole season. Now, on to the Helger South Coast Power Equipment Sportsman Division. They opened their 2022 campaign with a 25-lap feature on opening day. A hotly contested race, just like it always is in the Helger South Coast Power Equipment Sportsman Division. Of course, we mentioned on the preview for this division, one of the hottest and one of the most amazing divisions you'll see at any short track across the entire country. And uh, they kicked off their 2022 season in style. And I mentioned at the start of the show, Captain Fun gets the job done. Craig Pianca picking up the win in the number four. Of course, that car prepared by Craig and his crew chief, Andrew Cunn. And uh, man, they were fast to kick off the season. Finished second in his qualifying heat. Got out front of the feature event. And man, was he unbeatable basically down the stretch. Pianca takes down the big win on opening day. Defending champion Chad Baxter had a good run to kick off the season as well for him in his title defense. He finished in second. Ed Perry wrapped the podium in third. Steve Axon was fourth. And uh, Tyler Almeida finishing in the top five for the first time in the Helger South Coast Power Equipment Sportsman. What a run. For Tyler Almeida, we talked about him on the preview series that basically what we were going to do is try to pick drivers that were going to have a good start to the season and maybe get to victory lane throughout the year. Tyler Almeida was on our list of a guy we expect to see in victory lane before the season's over. He grabs a nice top five finish to kick off the year on the track. Now, some of you are probably saying Tyler didn't finish fifth on the track. Scott Serenitsky did behind the wheel of the number 22. Unfortunately, Scott did not pass post-race inspection. Uh, technical infraction there sidelines him from the finish. So Almeida finished sixth on the track. 
he's going to move up into the fifth position in the final results and gets his first career top five finish. Sixth, Kyle Casper. Seventh, Chris Rio. Seventh, uh, seventh was Rio. Eighth was Vinny Pangolinen. Doug Benoit was ninth, and Adam Petty finished in tenth. So, 19 sportsmen take the green. Good start to their season. Nice, clean race overall. Looking forward to having them back this week as part of the 25-lap feature on May 7th. Weight models also hit the track on opening day. That was the second feature of the day, and it's a third-generation racer, and uh, really about time for this driver to pick up his late model feature win for the first time. And uh, the story we wrote after the race said, for the first time, it's not the first time this driver's been to Seacock Speedway Victory Lane. He's been there in the Fast Friday Sport 4s. He's been there in the uh, Chaz Auto Body Sport Trucks. Actually, he's a former champion of that division. And it's Richie Murray picking up his first career win in the late model class. Impressive run for Murray uh, behind the wheel of the Quick Oil Murray's Garage, Hedges Excavating, number 08. Started in the third position, uh, excuse me, the fourth position on the outside of the second row. And uh, really, I don't want to say he wasn't going to be denied, but the story on Richie is he moved from the sport trucks to the late models three races into last season. A lot of podiums in his rookie campaign and the late models. Just couldn't get to victory lane one way or another. It just didn't shake out at the end of all the races. And uh, this time around... Man, Richie was on fire on opening day. Got to third pretty quickly, rode there. Caution flag came out just past halfway, and Murray took advantage, getting around leader at the time, Mark Jennison, and picking up his first career late model win. Jennison finished second, a strong run for him, bringing back his late model to competition, and uh, really come out of the box strong in the late model class for Jennison, so a good run for him. Josh Hedges was third. Behind the wheel of the number 29, he started at ninth. Josh actually missed practice and time trials on opening day. We did a group qualifying time trials format. Josh missed it uh, because he was at his bridal shower for his wedding, and uh, that didn't seem to hinder him. He came out, finished fifth in his heat race from the rear, and also was able to drive up through the field in the feature for 30 laps and take home a third-place finish. Ryan Flood had a great, great start to the year. Very impressive for Flood to be able to come out and do what he did on opening day, starting in the middle to the back of the pack and drive up through. Ryan Flood's going to be a threat this year to get to victory lane in the late models. Have a good, strong feeling about that. And fifth place was Rowdy Burns, moving up, of course, from the Legend Cars division. And uh, Rowdy having a great run behind the wheel of the number 30, picked up the win in his qualifying heat and also finishing inside the top five in the feature. So very impressive from the driver of the number 30 of Rowdy Burns. Sixth was Paul Wallier. Defending champion Vinny Renegato started off his title defense with a seventh place finish. I don't think that was exactly what he was looking for. However, uh, not bad to start off the year for sure to finish in seventh position. Can't complain about that too much. Behind the wheel, the number 17. Charlie Rose Jr. finished in the eighth spot. Former champion Jerry Deeks Barry Jr. was in ninth and Chase Belcher was 10th. Belcher uh, really, the heartbreak of the race award, I'll give Chase Belcher, started up towards the front and uh, was passing Mark Jennison for the lead when the caution came out just past halfway, got stuck on the outside, and the car faded, and Belcher back in 10th of the finish. But overall, good speed for him and good speed for a lot of these competitors. 18 cars on opening day for the late models. A great turnout for the late model division. We're going to catch up with Richie Murray here in a little bit here on the podcast to chat about picking up his big win in the weight models. Only other feature on opening day was the Pro Stock Division, and picking up the win there, Mighty Mike Brightman. Mike's also going to join us here in a little bit on the podcast. Brightman had a great run on opening day to pick up the win. It was not the race he was looking for 
for much of it. Uh, involved in a spin out early, had to go to the rear. I believe he went to the rear twice in this race. But, you know, they say the Red Sea's part and somebody's got to be there to take it. And Brightman didn't give up. I mean, he was there when he needed to be there, jumped out to the front uh, right, right at the time that was necessary. And Brightman takes down the big win of the opening day Pro Stock feature. 40 laps, 30 minutes. This is one of the rougher Pro Stock races we've had in a couple years. And, uh, you know, there's a couple theories out there, I think, as to why. Uh, could just be opening day jitters. You know, these guys have been sitting in the garage all winter, uh, working on their equipment, want to go out there and have a strong run to start the season. And a uh, little bit of a, you know, over-aggressive maybe is the right way uh, for some of these guys on opening day. But no matter what, uh, the, one of the bigger couple storylines come from the race. Number one, Tommy Adams, former late model champion, moving up to the pro stocks this year. He had a lot of speed underneath the hood on that number 56. Actually, Adams drove from, I don't want to say the back, but he was towards the rear of the field uh, at the beginning of the race, drove up through and uh, was passing for the lead or attempting to pass for the lead, shall I say, when he and Mark Jennison got together. Uh, Adams got into his left rear. Uh, Jennison, you know, did he come down the track to cause the contact? I don't know. No matter the way you look at it, racing accident, it happens, especially uh, when you're both, you know, vying for the checkered flag. Jennison went around, Adams went to the rear and uh, pulled off. So Adams finishing back in 11th position. Tom Scoey Jr. earlier in the race was involved in an accident, running second. Uh, he wasn't able to finish, was towed off, finished in 12th. And then the big storyline of the race is the battle for the lead late between Ryan Vaness returning this year full-time and Rick Martin. And uh, they go side by side, they make a little bit of contact, and Dave Darling dips in under the three of them, goes three wide. And unfortunately... When Dowling went three wide, they made some contact, and kaboom, they all get together and spin, and uh, the three of them end up going to the rear, and that leaves the lead to Mike Brightman, and Brightman's able to finish off behind the wheel of the number 27, picking up the big win. Kenny Spencer, former champion, man, did he have a rough 2021. Spencer comes out swinging behind the wheel of the number zero, second place finish for him. Jennison, I mentioned in the late models, finished second. He grabs another podium here, third place in the Pro Stocks for Jenison. So congrats to him on two top three runs on opening day. Another guy that had a bad year last year, good to see him rebound, was Colby Fournier, finishing in fourth position. A good start to the year for him. And Bobby Pellin picked up a win last year, coming back in 2022 and opening the season with a top five in the number 12. Ryan Lynham finished in sixth, kind of a quiet day for him. Danny Tebow was seventh. Great run for his opener of the season. Rick Martin, eighth. Dave Darling was ninth in the finish. And Ryan Vaness, tenth. So Martin, Vaness, and Darling were one, two, three when they crashed. And uh, they end up with Martin, eighth, Darling, ninth, and Vaness, tenth. So uh, Pro Stock Division off and running in 2022 with uh, made a little bit of contact as we go uh, across the 2022 season. There's going to be. But in the end, on opening day, Mighty Mike Brightman picks up the win in the Pro Stocks. Four great races overall. Uh, yeah, pro stock race, as I said, a little bit rough at times, uh, but, you know, it's going to happen once in a while. They're going to have tough races, and uh, in this case, Mike Brightman was the beneficiary of surviving, and uh, I know he will take it, picking up the win to open 2022. Cool moment, celebration down in Victory Lane. Let's talk to him and see how he's feeling here a couple days later and relive what happened in that 40-lot feature. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to welcome in Mike Brightman. After him, we'll welcome in Richie Murray, our pro stock and our late model winners from opening day 2022 are going to join us to wrap the opening edition of the Seekonk Speedway Race Day Rewind.
All right, welcome back from the break here in the Race Day Rewind. Of course, our first Race Day Rewind for the 2022 season was just chatting off air with our next guest. Of course, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but our second NASCAR Saturday event of the season, first time under the lights in 2022, is scheduled for Saturday, May 7th. We'll see how that shakes out as we hope to continue the 2022 season. Our guest on the hotline for the first time in 2022, and I believe the first time in Seacom Speedway podcast history, is mighty Mike Brightman. Of course, I mentioned he picked up that big win in the Pro Stocks on opening day. Mike, take me through the highs and lows of this race. We were chatting about this in the last segment. Uh, you spun out once. You went to the rear. I almost think you went to the rear at least twice in this race. And somehow, uh, when it mattered most, you were in the right spot at the right time. And you were able to take advantage of that to pick up the win. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a comedy that virus. We Busted our butts all winter long to make the car fast. Got there, set fast time in in the second practice, and thought we had something decent to race with. The heat race came, and and the car was everything but it was in what it was when we were timing. and it was really tight, and and we had to make some changes to it. Started the feature, and the car was still really tight. So then we got spun out, and uh, went to the rear, came in. I made a cup. I told my crew to make some tire pressure adjustments. Uh, went out, and the car was still really tight and uh my uh daughter came on the line and on the radio and said to come in and make a pitch she wanted to make a, a change to the chassis of the car rather than tires and uh she made a change and the rest is history the car was just a missile wow so that that's interesting how that works out so you didn't make that call um and of course your daughter competes on fast friday as well in our helger south coast power equipment's uh, pure stock division uh, I mean, talk to me about what it's like to, to race with your daughters. Obviously, they're they're strong supporters of you. You got your dad. You're really a family operation, and I think a lot of, of course, we're going to talk to Richie Murray on our next segment, and you know too, that's a f- similar style family operation where they work together. But it's got to be cool to be able to work with your whole family, not only at the track but in the shop as well, to kind of make this all come together. It is. It is. I mean, the Murrays again, class act operation. Uh, Richie, uh, Robbie, the whole family, great people. Uh, to be in the same conversation with them is great. Um, a lot, a lot of similarities. We uh, do everything in house in a little twenty by twenty garage. Me and my daughters all went along. My daughters and her boyfriend, my dad, my brother, uh, a couple of friends of ours, and, and that's it. There's really no magic there. We uh, just do as much as we can with as little as we can, you know. Yeah, and it worked out on Sunday. Uh, you know, I, again, I mentioned in the last segment that was a wild race, and I, I think. Uh, there's a couple of reasons why that could be. Of course, it's the first race of the year. Everybody's got a little bit of jitters. Everybody's kind of on edge trying to get a win. But what is that like to, to go through a race like that? Of course, the big moment of that race is the three-wide move uh, that Dave Darwin makes. They make contact up front. They all spin. You kind of sneak through. But, I mean, you haven't, and maybe the pro stock division really in general, hasn't seen a race like that uh, in a while. So what's that like as a driver to kind of go through that? It's um, It's a barrel of emotions. I mean, you kind of... You're on your high, you're at your lows, uh, you're, you're, you see the, the accident unfold and it's like the matrix situation <laughs> where you, you kind of think you got to go low, then you got to lock up the brakes and turn right, which is the exact opposite of anything you ever want to do when a race car on a circle track is take a right-hand turn because that can always go bad if you yeah. just touch somebody. Yeah. But you got to do what you do to get around the accident and uh, the rest is history. I mean, yeah, we were fortunate enough that uh, to capitalize on their misfortunes, but I thought we had a car poised to make a, a move, give or take, if... I was going to fo- my thought process was to follow Dave and see what he was going to do because I thought we both had a decent piece and um, I wanted to try and race for the win, not really have it handed, as you guys pointed out. But I think we we definitely showed that our car was uh, a good 
real good car towards the end of the race. I think it was it was every bit of car I needed. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and definitely to obviously in the right place at the right time when that happens. But to be able to beat those guys on the restart with still ten laps to go, uh, definitely your car was where it needed to be. What what's this momentum now uh, that you're going to have here going into the year? Obviously. Uh, since the evolution of the setups and we've gone back to the no bump stop setups, you're able to pick up a win uh, a couple of years ago. You guys have been strong. I'm sure not as strong as you want to be throughout the course of a whole year. I know you want to win multiple times, but this momentum is going to help you a ton, I'm sure, to try to make this a habit now to get back to victory lane like you had been before on a more regular basis instead of just once in a while. I think that's kind of your goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everybody's goal. We work all winter long for these moments. Um I wouldn't call it momentum yet. I'd call it like a blip in the radar. If we're still able to win races and, and compete in the top two or three come July and August, we can call it momentum. Um, but I, I just want to focus one race at a time and, and dot our, our I's and cross our T's and, and make sure we're, we're doing all the little things right to capitalize on big things. I've always said in racing, I'd rather be lucky than good. I've been good and come off on the hook before, and I've been lucky and been in victory lane, and it was a little bit of both this past Sunday. We were lucky and we were good. So Yeah, that's good when both of those things work out together. Hey, you mentioned your daughters, your brother, your father. Uh, it is a family operation, but I know there's a lot of sponsors and people. You guys had your fundraiser just before the season, uh, actually the day before. Uh, so you didn't get a ton of practice. I know you got some laps previously, but who are those people and supporters? Because I know for you uh, and a lot of other our teams, without those guys that are behind you, this really, and I don't want to use a cliche, but it really wouldn't be possible to be able to go out there and compete at this level, especially in our top division with the amount of financials it takes to make it happen. No, I'm a 47-year-old husband with four kids. I shouldn't be racing <laughs> in a pro stock, you know. Without uh, f without awesome help from my sponsors, I wouldn't be where we're at. So I'm I'm uh, forever grateful for all the people that have helped me, whether they're on the car or not. Um, the people on the car obviously came on this year with, with really good intentions. We... Uh, weren't able to capitalize financially in, in years gone by because of pandemic and um, issues that hit sponsors harder this year, kind of post pandemic, they all really stepped up in, in a conscious effort to make sure we had the right pieces and parts we needed to, to be a contender, you know? Yeah. And there's a long list there. Um, and, and again, if you want to rewatch the race, you can go to our Seekonk Speedway YouTube channel. Mike's probably rewatched it at least once or twice. I have a feeling drivers rewatch their wins. 10, 20, 30 times, uh, just just for the excitement, probably similar to like we do watching them back. Mike, appreciate a few minutes, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you back in Victory Lane here again soon. Great start to the season, and uh, all the best here going forward as we get into the grind that's going to become this weekly effort here as we go along. Absolutely. I appreciate your time, and we look forward to uh, doing the best we can to showcase our sponsors and to keep the fans happy. If you listen to this broadcast, Bring like 10 of your best friends and let's fill the stands so we can keep the sport active. Yeah, that's ideal. Uh, great crowd on opening day, and we look forward to seeing you back here on our opening Saturday night of the season. We're going to take one more break here in this edition of the Race Day Rewind. I mentioned Richie Murray, so did Mike. When we come back, we're going to welcome Richie Murray in to wrap the show. Our first-time late model winner joins us next. Welcome back from the break. Final segment of the opening race day rewind for the 2022 season here at the Action Track of the East. We just talked to Mike Brightman in the last segment, picking up his pro stock victory. He is a former late model champion and has moved up to the pro stocks here probably a good decade ago now, if not a little bit more, and uh, still winning races at that level. This driver we're welcoming in to wrap this week's edition 
of the show is not very familiar with the late models. I would say he's probably got maybe 12, 13 races under his belt at maximum. Richie Murray is here, and uh, Richie's a former sport truck champion. As I mentioned earlier, moved up into the late models a couple races into last year. Uh, missed the first couple, jumped over from the trucks, and had some success with some podium finishes, and now he's a feature winner. Uh, obviously, we're chatting a couple days after the win here, and uh, I'm sure, Richie, you're still living on a high here and happy to be able to finally get that win after coming close last year. Yeah, I know the excitement uh, has it has not died down. Uh, trophy's still sitting on the kitchen counter. I, I haven't found room in the trophy shelf to put it away yet, but you know, I'm I'm still living it up right now. I am sure that that trophy is going to get put away at some point, but it may get put away the next time we get on track. Which uh, who knows when that's going to be, depending on when you're listening to the show. We may have already been back on track, and you're listening back here. Uh, a couple of weeks, Rich. You came close last year. Obviously, the car was fast all last year. You came out of the box strong this year. And uh, we talked after the race Sunday. I feel like you got a timely caution there uh, to get yourself lined up in third and then able to get by Mark Jennison. Just talk us through what the emotions were like getting the lead. And then uh, I think I heard you say deja vu and victory lane crossing the finish line. But it's still obviously a really emotional and uh, a proud moment for you to be able to get that win. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it, it's it's deja vu because um, it's. It's not it's not unfamiliar being in the lead, but it's it's been a little while coming to the checkered and being nothing in my front uh, windshield there. So it definitely definitely was way way more exciting in the late model than especially because I haven't done it in the trucks in like it's been it's been like almost a year now, like over a year. So it definitely was exciting. Um, motions going around the line. So I was just really just trying not to let the emotions get to me. Like uh, after I took the lead and it was it was just me being able to set my own pace. I just, I, I had to keep myself focused and not let any of that get to my head. Yeah. Of course, obviously getting the lead from Mark Jennison there, I think about 13 laps ago, 12 to go somewhere in there. And then holding him off on a late race restart, Chase Belcher was strong, kind of faded late. Uh, but there were some other challengers up there with you as well. Richie, yeah, for those who don't know, is probably one of the, maybe the least nervous drivers we have. He's pretty calm, cool, and collective about it. And it doesn't sound like he was too, too crazy. Uh, they're coming to the end. Obviously saw a lot of emotion from you in victory lane. Um, you know, we talked to Mike Brightman in the last segment about how everything's done with his family. You know, his daughters work with him in the garage. His dad works with him. It's similar with you too, right? So you have dad, uh, crystal obviously races in our sport four division on fast Friday works with you in the shop as well. Uh, what's that like? You really, you know, a lot of people spend time with their families doing a hobby. Like I know you guys snowboard or, uh, ski or, snowmobile, whatever the heck goes on up there in New Hampshire in the winter. But how cool is this to be able to do this with them and celebrate with them too? Obviously all living together and, and still, I'm sure, smiling every time you see each other from the morning right through the nighttime here this week. Oh, yeah, no, the, the entire family is in on it. Like we, we, we are, we are one, one in the same. Um, like Grant, you, I'm sure like anyone in the stands can hear my two grandmothers yelling as, when, as loud <laughs> as they possibly can. When I leave. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, me, my dad, my grandfather, um, Crystal, and like even just like not like not direct relatives, like not relatives, but like AJ and Doug, like they're they're essentially extended family, like that coming to work on the car like all the time. Um, you yeah, know, it's it's really just um, it. I I don't I don't really um, the dynamic of like having the three generations right like. You had you like I'm I'm obviously the, the most like the least experienced, and then you have dad and grandpa like, and every once in a while like dad dad will like not know something and uh, grandpa will have to film in because it, it's it's yeah you have the dynamic of um, 
each each three of us is like a, a, a new step in the Hardy family. Yeah. So you get you get new insight from me from um, each one of us. Me, I honestly me, I'm, I'm most of me is just being the driver. Yeah. So Richie, <laughs> I got obviously a good driver, right? Um, has been able yeah. to, to jump from the Sport Fours. We mentioned in the last time you won in the Sport Fours. You won in the uh, trucks, of course, won the championship in the trucks, and then kind of. I think abruptly is a fair term, moved out of the trucks and, and jumped into this opportunity in the late models and, and you've done well here. Has it been, I mean, what's been difficult? Has there been any difficulties here to get into the late model kind of adapt? I don't, I don't want to say it was easy, but I, I really don't feel like you had a huge learning curve, especially with last year, kind of getting your feet wet here and, and then jumping right into this year. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the speed in the car, it was there all last year and it seems like it is here right away. So any adjustment at all to go from that truck to the late model? Um, really the, the biggest learning curve was that first race that I had, it was a real uh, kick to the throat there. Um, you know, we, we hopped in, we, we were fast, but it was just, uh, we were, we bounced around like a ping pong, like a ping pong ball the entire time. He just knocked around the second week, the second week though, I, I, I came out and I, I got second the second week. So it was whatever learning curve was there. I got over that pretty quick and it was just, uh, me finding in like me getting back into my rhythm, um, Another, um, another thing that's really interesting is you don't realize the how big of a difference like just the forces inside the car are yeah. from the truck to the late model. That's what caught me off. Like that caught me off guard. Like the first practice of the late model, I was just <laughs> because the seat, like I didn't have a seat that really fit me at that point. So it was I was getting thrown around like all the way to the side of the seat. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, Richie uh, kind of adapted here over time, and now he's in victory lane for the first time. Hey, I know. You mentioned AJ Emanuel also runs in our Fast Friday. You mentioned Doug, one of your crew guys. But who else kind of helps you here? There's some sponsors on that car. And, uh, you know, without the sponsors, obviously, you wouldn't be able to come out into the track and, and be this successful. Never mind be successful, but uh, you wouldn't even be able to go out there and pick up, a, you know, get in the car and get out there on the track in general without those sponsors and those friends and family that help. Oh, yeah, sponsors, the sponsors are, of course, a huge part of it. Um, Alan Trucker from Trucker and Auto Parts. So you feel like he, he really put his fate, like, coming into the trucks he was he was a sponsor of josh's and he had originally intended to leave and stay with josh but um josh uh convinced him to stay with it and stay with me and it, that i he's he's still here and he's quite happy with uh how we've been doing um rich helger with helger south coast power equipment um he's huge help to both me and my sister um we i i'm good for like i'm good friends with him good friends with it, uh little richie helger on, I race. I race with them on Irish and I talk to them a lot. It's, it's, it's really fun there. Um, um, how'd you say, uh, Helgers? Wow, Hedges South Coast. Pre- Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hedges excavating. Um, he's, he, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy has been here since what? Since since, since I've been in the truck, he was my car owner in the trucks, and he's um, still in the car, still around, and still helping us out. Um, uh, Supreme Marketing. We. Um, that was that's a it was a new sponsor for last year specifically um yeah they, 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 um i you, re, you really didn't have like a logo put on the car so i i made like i made the logo for him and um he do likes it and it's on the back of the car and it's nice and bright and i he, he likes the car seeing up he likes seeing the car up front and like seeing his name on the car um um jim hawkins yeah he's He's been he's been around ever since I had the truck, so he's been helping out here and there. Uh, Ryan from Quick Oil, um, he, he's been helping like me for for a while in the past. Um, still got his name on the car. Um, 
my uncle Banam, he's he's been helping me out since I've been in the mini cups for Christ's sake. Um, yeah, no, it's it's it is really a group effort, like the crew and the sponsors and everyone's involved. Yeah, Richie's one of many competitors. Of course, we talked to Mike Brightman in the last segment, and I think he's uh, similar in, in situation to Richie, where these sponsors and and these family members are uh, everything, and and really make it possible. To go out there and, and not only run in the front, but to pick up a first career weight model win. So, uh, Richie, we congratulate you, of course, and I uh, look forward to seeing you uh, again here in the you know next race coming up. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you here uh, much more uh, as maybe a two-time or three-time or who knows, a champion at the end of the year. So, congrats, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. All right. That's been Richie Murray. Of course, thanks to Mike Brightman as well for joining us. And thanks to you, the fans, for catching up with us here on the Race Day Rewind podcast this week. We did not have any other guests this week other than the two there. However, as we get into the 2022 season, we will see more guests here in the podcast series, especially when we kick off the Fast Friday series, which is coming up on May 27th. Again, you can visit SeacockSpeedway.com for tickets. Buy all your tickets in advance and skip the lines on race day. Yes, that includes pit passes. They are a little bit cheaper in the pit area if you buy them ahead. And who wants to spend more money when you can spend less and do the same thing? That is a great motto I just came up with in my head. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Race Day Rewind Podcast Report, the first one of 2022. We will talk to you all again next week, and we will see you at the end.